The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Can you win with those bills? Beat my chief with those bills. Win a ring with those bills. If you do, then maybe we could chill. I don't think you do. So, Josh is in Cancun. Yeah! See you in Cancun, Bills. See ya. See ya. That's my best destiny's child. It's the chief's destiny to keep playing football. What's up, folks? My name is Matt Connor, the Beyonce of Arrowhead Addicts podcast crew. I'm here with my Kelly Rowland. Actually, that's kind of that's that's totally mixed around. If uh, if anything, uh Sterling is the Beyonce here. I'm like I'm that third one that no one even knows the name. If you can name the other member of Destiny's Child, you deserve like some sort of award for trivia. Anyway, I'm here. We got a lot to talk about. Reflecting back on the Bills, looking forward to the Ravens. But first, Sterling Holmes, just how like forget the Chiefs for one second. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm I'm doing well. I'm busy, but I'm excited. You know, I'm heading to the Super Bowl this year. So obviously I'm going with partnership with Stack in the Box and mm. uh and Arrowhead Attic. So it's exciting. One, one one game away from I know it's kind of back to the Chiefs, but one week away from the Chiefs might be there too. Yeah. Might make that a little more fun. Might make it a little more interesting. So uh, <laughs> I have a little extra riding on this Chiefs game coming up, but man, I'm doing well. Anytime I get to do a podcast with you and listen to your glorious intro vocals, mm. it automatically puts me into another stratosphere. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, the stratosphere is I'm done listening, but I'm glad you're in. I'm glad the rest of you are in. By the way, everyone in the comments is like, dude, it's Michelle Williams. How do you not know? Uh, that like Destiny's Child. Clearly, I'm the only one who only knows two of the three Destiny's Child. Anyway, we uh, we're so glad that you're here. Always glad. Look, we say this from time to time. We get a little teary eyed about it at times. We totally mean it. Any of you ever hanging out with us, listening, watching, reading, sending us notes? I got an email today that just said, like, hey, I love what you said about this thing. Twitter shares, whatever, Sonny and shares, whatever, um, stock shares. If you want to give us some of that, whatever. Um, hey, honestly, folks, man, they're like Chiefs Kingdom right now. Sterling, you could say this too. Chiefs Kingdom right now has so many good outlets. Like I love what KCSN is doing. I love like like we have so many friends doing other things, from Seth to Josh to whatever. Right? Like 
Nate. Anyway, there's just so much great stuff out there for Chiefs fans. It's a it's a golden era for Chiefs fans on the field. And there's so much off the field. And I just like the fact that anyone would spend time with us. It's not lost on us. The time's a gift. We love it. We love you. Thanks so much for ever listening to us. But of course, you you want to get into sorry. <laughs> that, I'm already that, at the end of the show, basically saying thanks. But but yeah, what do you sorry? That that's the intro of a man who had to go through the Matt Castle era as being a good part of Chiefs Kingdom. This is a man who had Dude. to go through the Brody Croyle, Brady Quinn, Tyler Thigpen, uh, had Reg Gannon, but then didn't have Reg Gannon. Dude, I wanted uh, Mike Cloud to be something. I wanted Tony Moyaki to be something. I put bets on Cyrus Gray. Um, you know, like, yeah, it's been a long, it's been a long road. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling thankful. Yeah. Well, we'll say when you've gone now, as the Chiefs have to six straight AFC championship games, that's now the floor with Mahomes as your quarterback. When you are in a down year, last year was a retooling season and they won a Super Bowl. This year was a down year. Thought was, you know, maybe they win a playoff game. That'd be nice. Right. Just based on the feelings around Christmas. And now we're sitting here going, you know what? The best team all season long in the AFC, probably the best team all year long in the entire NFL. There's a decent chance the Chiefs are going to go to Baltimore and rip their heart out. Like we went from, wow, season's over Christmas time. That's a present I want to send back to sitting here going, you know what? With Mahomes and this team, anything is possible. We have seen it once. We will see it again. And again, we are in this unprecedented era of Chiefs football where every single time growing up for me, at least, and I guess probably for everyone going back to the sixties, you know, outside of Lynn Dawson, we now have it with Mahomes, right? Where Alex Smith was a good quarterback. Trent green was a good quarterback, but they constantly got beat by the better quarterback, by the best quarterback in this Past game against the Bills, I think, is the perfect representation of Chiefs fans where it had everything from the missed kick, wide right times two, though, for the Bills fans, right? We've we've seen missed kicks before. Uh, I don't know why balloons are going. I actually feel bad for Bills fans because that's, that's me sending balloons to those fan base over there. Um, <laughs> the, the Chiefs also had a case where their quarterback would play really good football and they would still lose. Josh Allen played nearly perfect football. They still lost because you know why? He went up against the best quarterback yeah. football the second best quarterback wasn't enough he had to be better he was not I mean we are so lucky to be witnessing what we just witnessed I, don't, I think we're, to an extent we're taking it for granted because Mahomes has had so many really good games like yep. he's had so many good games and my main takeaway was we're not even talking about how impressive of a game Mahomes had like I get the box score is not crazy but it was because he was so damn efficient. The Chiefs ran, what, 47 offensive plays compared to the Bills' 78? Or, yeah, 78? I mean, the efficiency of the Chiefs' offense was next to none. They had, what, four third downs? Five third downs? I mean, it was nuts. Like, we're glossing over this because Mahomes' spectacular yeah. uh, spectacularness is getting taken for granted. I want to talk about it more. Yeah, like, yeah. I can't get over how damn good he was. It's so fun having the superhero, super villain in this case, on our side. It is. Like, don't get it wrong. Sorry I'm talking so much. But no, man. the Chiefs were the villains in this game. 
And the villain won. Like, how often do the heroes win? Every single time. The Chiefs' first Super Bowl, they were the hero. Guess what? Chiefs are now the villain. The villain went on the road. The Bills thought they slayed the dragon. They had a touchdown from what yard line? The 13. They're going to get the number 13 back. They scored a touchdown <laughs> against Legereus Sneed. First touchdown. Legereus Sneed giving up all season long, including the playoffs. They thought, oh, glorious what a storybook ending this will be. They had a chance to rewrite history with the wide right. No, just double down on it. Jamar <laughs> Hamlin, you know, all the, the gruesome injury and everything that transpired there. Fake punt, 10 men on the field for the Chiefs. They're going to take advantage of it. Sorry, storybooks are storybooks. It's not real life. The Chiefs say, yeah, that's cool and all. What the hell are you doing? You have to get five yards? What are you doing? I don't care if there's seven guys on the field. That seems dumb. The Chiefs squat, just, just squelched that. Stop them. Yeah, and again, that was amazing. it turns down. Bills fans are still angry. They're throwing snowballs, throwing snowballs. And Mahomes, Drew Tranquil, and Chris Jones are living it up. The villains won. Sorry, Goldilocks and the three bears. The bears ate you. <laughs> if it was like Hansel and Gretel were grandma putting kids in the oven, that's like, that's kind of macabre. Anyway. Yes, I agree. Love it. Love the way this is taken. Love what all this means for us as Chiefs fans. It's just an incredible time to be a fan. Um, it's also an incredible time to place a bet. Chief fans, DraftKings is offering a fantastic sign-up bonus ahead of the conference championship. You can place a $5 first bet on anything to instantly claim $200 in bonus bets. You will also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. The best part is that you will receive both rewards even if your first bet loses. When you join DraftKings, make sure to sign up with our code ARROWHEAD. Using our code Arrowhead not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports our podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use the code Arrowhead to maximize your first bets and parlays. This offer is only available to new customers with 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Yeah, folks, we're gonna we're gonna talk all about the Bills. We're gonna talk all about the Ravens. In this game, I want to get to a super chat. The the joy of a super chat is you kind of get to frontline your question, and we always appreciate that from Bumpa BB. Um, we'll get into the Ravens, I guess, here at least a little bit on on the front end of the show, and then we'll we'll kick back to the Bills. But um, Bumpa says I'm concerned. This maybe Kyle Hamilton will take Kelsey away. Let me bump that over to you to see like how you know Travis looked fresh on Sunday Mm -hmm. Um, can one player take him away and is that player Kyle Hamilton if there is a player it probably is Kyle Hamilton the guy is 6'4 220 right you think Justin Reed is a big bodied safety he's 6'1 210 Kyle Hamilton is 6'4 220 and he's all pro Kyle Hamilton is very I guess he's rated now but he's a little underrated in the he doesn't get thrown in in the normal conversations of great safeties, right? He gets his recognition with some awards, but it doesn't seem like he ever comes up in the normal conversation that people just have. He is phenomenal. I'm not saying he can take away Kelsey one-on-one, but if there is a guy who can, you're looking at it. I've said, and we'll get into it in a lot more detail, I'm not saying the Chiefs lose this game to the Ravens by any means, 
but it's not a great matchup stylistically for Kansas City. This is a very bad matchup stylistically for the Chiefs. Uh, they will have to be on their A game, and Kelsey will have to get open. He will have to. Uh, if it is one-on-one, he's going to have to win that, even if it is a tough matchup for him. Um, I do think the health after sitting out that final game is massive. Right, We've seen him look a little more explosive, even on that second touchdown where he fought his way into the end zone. Does that happen a couple weeks ago? Maybe not. He might be too banged up to get there. Um, It's a great question, but Kyle Hamilton's a dude that definitely makes me uh, pretty nervous. That's a key matchup to watch for sure. A lot to talk about, a lot to watch there. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Want to bump things back here to the, to the Bills game. And I wondered for you what... Like if you just had like a favorite moment from the game, I wondered what you thought of like when you took in everything, you you realized they're going to win. Like, is there a favorite sort of like as you look back? Yeah. A favorite moment from it or realization from it? I had a couple of really favorite moments. One was Harrison Butker hitting that 47 yarder into the wind because when he hit that. It kind of helped my prediction of special teams being on the Chiefs side. And, of course, Tyler Bass missing his. But, again, just Butker making that was so underrated. I felt like no one really gave him the credit he deserved because that was so difficult. Um, That was one. Creed Humphrey, uh, he pulled two or three times. As much as I did not like Tony Romo in this game, announcing he was, I thought, brutal. Um, I get it. (laughs) He wants to see someone other than Mahomes. Neat, Tony. Um, <laughs> we get it, Jim. But like, I, I'm sitting here going, Creed Humphrey, he, he did point out two or three times that Creed Humphrey pulled, not as a guard typically pulls. Like, this is even more impressive. Talking to Daniel Harms, it's like a wipeout block, getting everything out there. It helps spring open Clyde, Isaiah Pacheco a couple of times. You have to be an extremely athletic and talented center to do that. He did it three times. So shout out to Creed, Nick Allegretti for stepping up, depth as a whole. And again, obviously yep. Mahomes. I think that's the easiest one. But again, yeah. Mahomes' game, we're so used to these incredible numbers of like 360 and three or four touchdowns. I know the box score won't show it, but if you look back at that game, yeah, that was one of the best, again, decision-making games best um not even explosive just smart game plans he just was took sensational. What was there yeah so go ahead and give your thoughts now but yeah i, I know i took a lot but man no, i don't know no. i still so impressed with Mahomes. well i i love it and look, i i just want to add to Mahomes here because like let me ask you this it, sterling if i asked you right now here's a pen here's a paper uh write down the list of the nfl's top quarterbacks just start listening right lamar josh justin uh, now you can add CJ to to that list. How many of those are in the AFC? Right? Oh, like all of them. <laughs> are all like would, are are all of the top five in the AFC, or all even of oh. the top seven in the AFC? Yeah. Who's the first inclusion on the NFC side? Well, probably Jalen Hurts, but he had a down year, and we probably got a little over our skis, national media included, as far yep. as saying, okay, one great year he got to the Super Bowl, now he has to be top five. Yeah, uh, I think Brock Purdy's a good quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. 
Um, Dak would be a top 10, maybe. I, I would say, um, I would say realistically, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford. Stafford had a really underrated year. He was very, very good this season. Yep, totally, and totally. I think Jared Goff is a little underrated, but he's probably not quite top 10. He's probably just about he's top 12 to 15. Yeah. Yeah. So look, here's the thing. And we're not even talking about like Anthony Richardson, who's going to be coming, who's like, who's injured, coming back, whatever. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, who is overrated according to you, but it's still like, you know, he's number one overall pick. He's going to be up there as well. The AFC, if you just think about this from another team's perspective, another team says, okay, we got our guy. Like the Chargers are like, you know, with Herbert, we got our guy. Or the Bills, we got our guy. Or the Ravens as they wait, we got our guy. Every one of these teams are thinking, we've taken care of the most important thing, and now we're set. And you're all in the AFC, so it's just so tough. And what you would think is it would be a bloodbath on the way to the top. That's what you'd think. You would think that every one of these teams are just beating each other up over and over again, thinking like like the AFC North kind of thing. We didn't even bring up Joe Burrow, for that matter. Um, so all, all that to say, you would think that it would be like Joe Burrow finally won that one, and then Josh won that one, and then uh, – and then CJ won that one, and then Lamar won that one, and then Patrick won that one. That's what you would think. You would think that these guys would sort of like slowly undermine the other and maybe ed- slightly edge each other out. But on Sunday, even in a down year, even with a unheralded receiving core, even when even in a year where the offense is supposed to st- stutter, there's one man, there's one man standing amid all the giants like you look around and the field is full of goliaths the field is the field is 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 littered with the blood of giants and there's only one man who continues to stand it doesn't matter what you surround him by it doesn't matter if you give him a good or bad defense it doesn't matter if you take away his coordinators or keep them all the same it doesn't matter like if it's his first year or he's in his prime it like None, it doesn't matter if you trade his top receiving threat. It doesn't, none of it matters. None of it matters. Not a single fucking thing matters in the NFL unless you have Patrick Mahomes on your team. That, that right there, that right there, nothing matters unless you have Mahomes. Calm That's, down, Metallica. That, so close, no matter how far. Nothing else matters. That is what uh, that's what what James Hetfield would sing right now. Let's be honest, man. Let's be honest. That's crazy in a sport. Look, let's even back the camera out in a sport known for parody. They've got the salary cap down. This is not like Major League Baseball where, you know, oh, the Dodgers just spent a billion dollars. They're going to make the put like in a league known for parody. In a league where sustained success is so difficult, the insanity, the insanity that one player makes this big of a difference when he is in a conference filled with all the other best at that same position. I it's laughable. If you're another opposing GM, you're probably just sitting there with your owner and your coach and your whole staff in the offseason going, I hope y'all are okay with like divisional round. I hope you are. I hope that you're not judging me on anything else because 
what the hell can we do? What can we do? Nothing. Nothing. That's what you can do. So to me, when I was watching that Bills game, I thought, if you were ever going to beat the Chiefs, this is it. And you didn't. You didn't. And you couldn't even take advantage of the mistakes. They made mistakes, man. Yeah. The Chiefs the Chiefs had margin for error on the road in Buffalo against the team that needed to win that game. So you can't. Sorry, you can't because you don't have Mahomes. It's just like you ride the lightning with Mahomes and then Deion Dawkins was just giving fuel to the fire before the game. And I'm sitting here <laughs> watching the Bills as this iteration of them fade to black. Sorry, it's sad but true because when you enter Sandman, a.k.a. Patrick Mahomes, it's going to happen. That's good. That's good. They're probably, probably the Bills were saying that. Darkness imprisoning me. All that I see, absolute horror. <laughs> but seriously, like the, the 13 seconds was yeah. the start. And now I know I'm joking, Metallica wise, you know, fade to black, but literally, this is going to be the end of this iteration of the Bills. They went all in and they have nothing to show for it. The yeah. Bengals went all in. They got to a Super Bowl, but that's not the main goal to get to one. It's to win one. It's why we don't talk about the Bills in the 90s going to four straight as this incredible streak. We talk about it as, wow, that's very unlucky. They lost four in a row. So I'm sitting here going, Bengals went all in. Now they got to pay Joe Burrow, find a way to pay Jamar and T. Higgins. They've already got rid of Von Bell, Jesse Bates, who knows what happens after injury. They paid Orlando Brown Jr. He's not a franchise left tackle, as we have seen, at least that amount of money. They're in a little bit of disarray. But the Bills, I'm sitting here with the Bills. They went all in with Von Miller, and I was laughing because after the show, Matt Verderham got asked, and we went through the cap situation. Man, is it bleak. Like they went all in and they don't have a single thing. I feel so bad for their fans. Most of their fans, I think, are great people. Like I know there's a handful that suck and they're very annoying and they're throwing that's, snowballs at MVS during the ball. But that's every that's fan base. That's true of any fan base that there's going to be trolls. And, and I, I do feel for them because, again, they have been a very unfortunate fan base for a long period of time. They finally get a quarterback, Right. They finally think they have something. They go all in. But now you look at Stephon Diggs with perpetual unrest. Gabe Davis, he's going to be a free agent. Von Miller's done nothing. Your best edge rusher was a veteran journeyman, Leonard Floyd. Matt Milano is injured yet again. Tredavious White is injured yet again and is getting older. Like, their window. It's Micah Hyde's talking about retiring. Yeah, it's, it, all, it's all that, man. And then this is why I always go back to Kansas City. Again, I'm not saying they're completely done, but you'd be surprised the next couple of seasons, they're going to have a step back. You're never out with Josh Allen. You're never right. out, right. but it's going to look a lot different. You think he's done a lot already in the past couple of seasons? Get ready for him to do even more, right? <laughs> it's going to be crazy to watch. But I'm sitting here going, the Chiefs won a Super Bowl with a rookie contract, Mahomes. They won a Super Bowl with him on his second contract without Tyreek Hill. That'd be the Bills winning without Stephon Diggs. That's what they're going to have to do next season and going forward. Yeah. And then this year, they're going to the AFC Championship game. Mahomes on a second contract, but this team is based on defense. So they have been a chameleon. They have found a way, even in a down year. Last year was a rebuilding year. This year is a down year. And they are still consistently finding ways to get here. If yeah. you are the rest of the NFL, 
you should be terrified. As you mentioned, you, just the owners and GMs and head coaches, how do you slay the dragon when the dragon keeps changing? Yeah. Yeah, you, you don't. That's the thing. I'm not saying the Ravens can't win on Sunday. If they do, it's great. And, and I mean, like, you know, great for them. And um, and they'll have broken through in a rare moment. It will happen from time to time with Mahomes in place. But, you know, the Bengals, they like they achieved the rare thing. They didn't even win the Super Bowl. But credit to them, they got farther than anyone else in this era. You got to applaud that. And t- fans of this era are going to have to applaud getting close as enough. Uh, when Patrick Mahomes is playing football. That's just going to be um, the way it is. Look, here's the other thing, too. Like, this Sunday, Andy Reid is is second in all-time coaching wins in the playoffs. Second. And like I just got this stat sheet. It was like, oh, he, Travis Kelsey can cross this milestone. Like, with seven catches, Travis Kelsey can have more receptions than anyone else ever in postseason history. Right. Uh, Andy Reid is second in all time playoff wins. And we rattle those things off like, wow, yeah, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. And, I, and then I like stopped for a second. I stopped for a second. I was reading that sheet. I was like, wait a minute. Think of every player ever who's caught a pass in the postseason. Everyone ever. Think of every star that was ever made. Think of every play that you've ever heard of in terms of like NFL lore. Think of all the from the days when you could smoke on the sidelines to the days when you just wore like a leather helmet all the way through, like when I became a fan with Christian Okoye all the way to today's like hyper sexy, now international football sport, all, all of it, all of it, all of the NFL hall of fame and every inductee ever and every pass catcher ever. We're watching the one, the, the one we're watching it. Right. And the guy on the sideline, think of every legend that's ever paced the sideline in trench coat or not, in full suit or not, wearing a signature hat or not. Um, every Everyone that's ever had like a stadium named after them or a trophy like a Lombardi or something like that. There's only one more than Andy Reid who's won more than he has in the post. Like, like what we're watching is so rare. What we're seeing unfold is so uh, – it's just even hard to put it into words. Other than going – other than going, here's, here's the way we should say it. You're not going to tell your grandkids you watch these Chiefs. It, like, these Chiefs are so big that, like, future fans in the Congo, when the NFL becomes famous there, future fans in, like, rural Australia – when the in the NFL becomes like when the NFL hits China, they're gonna learn the names of oh, at one time there was a legendary quarterback named Mahomes. At one time there was a legendary coach named Andy Reid. At one time there was a guy named Travis Kelsey who like like what we're watching right now is the sort of like names you have to know to even learn the basics of the sport. And we're watching them in their prime. It's it's just I just can't get over what we're witnessing. And week by week, they're only adding to the legend. And what I find so incredible about this current team, you talked about all the big names and they're going to go down in the lore. Yeah. 
But I think just as important is the depth. Like I know in 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 the future, sure. talk about Drew Tranquil or Chamari Connor necessarily, but they deserve to be recognized of how good they have been. Like imagine Chamari Connor, you are a rookie. The starting safety Brian Cook has now missed a good chunk of games. Then Mike Edward, the next veteran starter, misses more balloons because I like Mike Edwards. <laughs> He misses uh, from the first series on with a concussion, right? Or at least a head injury. Shamari Khan, a rookie, fourth rounder, mostly a special teamer. What happens? His best game of the season. 10 tackles. Shows up huge. Shows up huge. 99% of the snaps. 99%. Could have had a uh, fumble recovery. I know he'll want that one back. I get it. But still, he played a great game. What about Drew Tranquil? He was going to be a fourth linebacker all season long. How impactful was he, especially when Willie Gay Jr. went down? What about Mike Dana, again, perpetually underrated? What about when Trent, McDuff- when Trent McDuffie got injured and he came back, obviously, but when Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson had to come into the game yep. and they both made plays? Yep. What about offensive line when Nick Allegretti filled in for Joe Tooney, and they never said anything on the broadcast. It took me a while to figure out Joe Tooney was out of the game. Again, not a knock against Joe Tooney. This is how good Nick Allegretti was. Sure. What about Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the backup running back, uh, breaking off a 28-yarder? MVS catching two receptions over 30 yards in the same game. Yep. Again, what I find so impressive is not just the top-end talent, but the fact that Brett Veach and this team has found ways to utilize the entire team, the depth. They won special teams. They won on defense, and they won on offense. All three phases stepped up and got it done. That, to me, is just as impressive. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And and not only are you right, but Andy Reid even said after the game, he said that was for Brett Veach, that there were, that there were those glue guys – stepped up in such a way if you don't have those guys you can't do it if you don't have those guys you don't have the margin to win and the chiefs had it and they came through and it's a testament to the front office i know you know people want to like tear him down because like fau didn't do much this first year although he wasn't expected to if you like actually looked into the whole scenario um yeah man he's if, if you want a guy who hits on first-rounders only and signs big free agents, ask Tom Telesco how good it was to be with the Chargers when you can draft Joey Bosa at number three overall, Justin Herbert at five overall, and find a way to bring in Khalil Mack and then win five games every year for the next four or five years. That, like, yeah, that that's what that is. So, uh, love it, love it. The the other thing here, I want to ask what you think of this, okay? Uh, as we as we look toward the Baltimore Ravens, yeah. the other takeaway for me, and this is what I don't, this is why I don't know what to think about this weekend. The Chiefs, for two games in a row, have won. Uh, they won at home against the Dolphins by considerable amount, like like twenty six to nine, right? I think was the score. Uh, that's seventeen points. Um, in the postseason, uh, when the Chiefs didn't exactly play a perfect game there either. Then they go on the road. They only won by three, but they coughed it up at the one-yard line. Um, like there were multiple, like Justin Watson had it hit him in the numbers. 
and didn't catch it on a drive they had to settle for three. It's not like the, the Chiefs are having major red zone efficiency issues, and they're still walking away with wins. In other words, during the regular season, what we said was these Chiefs have no room for margin. They need to play a perfect game or they're going to lose. That's what we said in the regular season because it was true. In this postseason, I'm watching the Chiefs and thinking, they actually shot themselves in the foot three to five times, and they're still winning. So now we're coming up against the juggernaut. They've had two weeks of rest. They won last week. Lamar's going to win the MVP. They look great on both sides of the ball. Number one defense at home at MT Bank Stadium. All of that. But the Chiefs are playing football where they've 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 got margin to spare in the postseason. Like, what do you think of that? and these Chiefs that you're watching, and then what's ahead? Well, it works against the Bills, and it works against the Dolphins. It will not work against the Ravens. The Ravens are too talented, too good. They're too okay. deep. They have, they're good at every single phase, right? Justin Tucker isn't missing that kick. Has he had a down year? Yeah, he ain't missing that kick. Their punter is not going to shank two punts. Um you know, you can't have McCole hum- uh, Hardman fumble on the one-yard line and get away with it against the Ravens. Um, you can't afford to not challenge the forward pass in the first drive. Yeah. That was a forward pass. Andy Reid, I don't care if you're trying to save it. That play was too big. You know they're going to go for it on fourth and inches right there instead of fourth and 17. You would have won that challenge throw the flag. I don't blame the refs because that's very hard in that moment. I'm not blaming them. I thought the refs actually did a very good job overall. They kept themselves out of the game. That was a killer game officiating. And even that call, I'm sitting here going, I'm glad they didn't throw it because that was too difficult. Without having slowing it down, you would have thought that that was behind the line, right? You would have thought that it was a backward pass at least. Yeah, for sure. So I'm sitting here going, that's on Andy, right? And even the next catch down the line, Dalton Kincaid, I think, didn't even bring that in bounds. I thought he was still fumbling it a little bit. He didn't throw the flag there. Like I'm sitting here, you can't do that against the Ravens. Like those mistakes, the 50-50 balls, Shamari Connor, again, great game, but Shamari Connor, fall on the ball. Don't try and pick it up. You can do that against the Bills. You cannot do that against the Ravens. The Ravens are not going to do a fourth and five, even with the Chiefs having 10 guys on special teams, they're not going to try and run the ball, run a fake there. They're not going to do that. Like there, there are just certain things that the Chiefs can get away with because the Bills are kind of the same boat as Kansas City, where they've done the same thing, where they've shot themselves. They've they're not the most disciplined team at times, right? Like we've seen that time and time again. They they will be liable to make a play where you're like, what are you doing there? Just mm-hmm. take the smart play. Ravens won't do that. Ravens are efficient. They're very efficient for all the knock against Lamar Jackson. The Ravens throw the ball the thirty second most in the NFL. But yards per pass, yards per attempt, fourth highest in the NFL. Mm. They are all about efficiency. It's what they do. You can't afford to be lackadaisical to lose a turnover battle, to lose the penalty battle, to lose a drop battle. You cannot have that. This will be a game where the Chiefs, those margin for errors, you got away with it. That's how I think, but you got away with it. You can't against the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go to some comments here just to hear what you some of you are saying. Um Angry Drunken German says Lamar even said himself that the Chiefs are his kryptonite. Um, I mean, certainly we we hope that to be uh, continue to be true. Um, Chris Wright says Mahomes is six and one all time 
against a number one defense, three and one against Lamar. The only loss is the 36-35 game. I remember that um, with clutch fumble. I'm feeling quite all right about Sunday. Uh, love your confidence there. Ronald Rodrigo says, if we continue to score, the Ravens will be in a bind. Um, and then um, Jeffrey Potts says, the Ravens aren't good. They've gotten an easy schedule all year long. I'm not sure. I, I mean, hey, look, I'm glad that you are are glossing over them and feel good to do so. I w- they dominated the Niners. They play in the AFC North, which was yeah. I would I would disagree with that. <laughs> the Raven, the, like it, even like if you don't want to use the eye test or for some reason that test, if you want to use the analytical side of things, we had Aaron Schatz on on Wacky Wednesday with Adam Best and myself, and he was basically like, yeah, by a lot of metrics this is one of the top 10 best teams of all time Mm. like that's how good this ravens team has been in all different levels because they have been so efficient right i'm not saying they're a top 10 team of all time they look like a super bowl team you have to earn it right i was actually talking to to nick lowry today he's like yeah you can look like it all you want but you have to earn it you don't Mm. just get it for looking the part you have to be the part you have to get through the part um again I think the Ravens are a damn good team. Chiefs aren't going to look and just gloss over them and look ahead to the Super Bowl. We know that. Um, this is going to be a phenomenal matchup. This is the Super Bowl for me. Is it for you? No. Like I'm looking at the NFC and just thinking, uh, I, I, who to me, whoever wins this game is is should be favored by double digits in the next. I I could care less about the Lions or the Niners. I don't think either one of them are going to make any noise compared to who ends this game. Whoever wins this game is putting rings on their fingers. I, I wouldn't be quite that confident. I think the Lions' offense is phenomenal while their defense is not very good. But we have seen, if you have a good offense, you're never necessarily out of a game while the Niners have been uh, very good in their own right at both levels. I think the Niners are a very, very difficult match. If I get what you're saying, I, th- I think the, this might be the best of the two teams, but I think you're discounting the um, the Niners a little bit, just in my personal opinion. I am discounting them. I'm doing so on purpose. I don't okay. – I'm just, I'm out. I'm out on, I'm out on Brock Purdy on that quarterback matchup. I'm just rolling. I'm rolling with Mahomes or Lamar by multiples um, and just could care less about what else is going on. Uh, for, for me, when it comes down to this Ravens game, there are some things that the Chiefs are going to have to get creative with. Um, obviously injuries, which we'll get to in a, in a moment. But, yeah. you know, when you look at this Ravens team, they run the ball the most in the NFL. They are about the best running team, best running offense in the NFL. And I already brought up the stats of how efficient they are when they pass. So what I'm sitting here thinking is you still have to play the run and just as they've done all season long, the Chiefs corners have to be locked down. They're going to be a lot of one-on-ones. And if I'm Spagnolo, that's what I'm doing. I'm saying, all right, Legereus, you go one-on-one with – you pick a guy. You know, maybe it's Zay Flowers. Maybe you have Trent McDuffie go up against Zay Flowers because of the size uh, similarities there. But you're not going to get a lot of help. You're going to have to have Chamari Connor or Justin Reed probably play down in the box a little bit. You're going to have to maybe have a spy, which takes away another defender, especially in zone coverage. Like, there is going to be a lot of – manipulation on Spag's parts to try and figure this out. Because again, on paper, as good as the Chiefs defense has been, this is the one team that should, well, this team of the Niners should give them issues because of the multiplicity they have in 12 personnel with Mark Andrews, most likely coming back as well as Isaiah likely and multiple running backs, as well as a running quarterback. I mean, again, 
if there was a bad matchup for Kansas City, you're looking at it. Again, not saying the Chiefs are going to lose this game. The game's not played on paper, right? It's played in person. But Spags and this linebacker group, as well as the corners, will have to have their hands full. Yeah. I I um I agree with you a hundred percent. Not only that, let me add this. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch around some of our order here. Um let me talk about my primary concern with the Ravens. And I want you to either tell me if I'm if I'm mistaken or or um or right on. My the I was the most worried. I'll say it this way. I was the most worried about the Kansas City Chiefs this year on Christmas Day. Uh against the against the Raiders. And I'll tell you why. I know we gave up 14 points in seven seconds. I know that. Like that was a gift. We could never redo that if we wanted to. It's like a dude perfect shot, you know, that you make it and you're like, ah, we can never accomplish that ever again. We got so lucky. Um, but look, that game, here, here was the clear battle plan. Antonio Pierce told his guys, look, for 60 minutes, you make everything hard on them. Make it hard to get up when they fall down. Make them fall down harder than they normally fall down. Like make them make them feel every tackle, make them earn every yard, make every bit of separation, the hardest bit of separation they've ever created for themselves. If they catch it, make sure it's contested as hell. Like, like you could just tell, you could tell when they came out of the locker room the first time. And when they came out of halftime, they were like over every single player on that roster was like over my dead body. Now, the Ravens walked away with a win, uh, or the Raiders walked away with a win there. And in response, the Chiefs looked confused, tired, frustrated, um, exa- like a lot of guys just looked exhausted by the end. And I think so many of us chalked it up to it's Christmas Day and it's the Raiders. I mean, it's like it's a divisional foe we could care less about. We already we're gonna win the division anyway. Everyone would rather be home, like opening presents with their family than, than having to play on some national holiday. I mean, like we're making up some of these narratives to try to come up with reasons why the Chiefs looked completely flummoxed against Antonio. That job won Antonio Pierce, or that, that game won Antonio Pierce, that job, by the way. But Kels looked old. Mahomes looked defeated. Nothing was effective. It was crazy. I've never, I've never, never seen the Chiefs have that demeanor uh, this year, right? We saw them look that way against um, when when the offensive line was decimated in the Super Bowl against Tampa Bay. Like, we've only seen them have that sort of overall feel a couple times. But I saw it against the Raiders. And after that game, I thought this. I thought... Every team, when they face the Chiefs, is going to do this kind of thing. And here's the thing. No one has. No one has. No one has. I've never seen another team after that game come out and go, man, did you see that? You make life so fucking hard for every person, right? And, I mean, suddenly it's like Isaiah Pacheco is the one running angry, and our offensive line is the one establishing their will. Like, Like, we're used to that. But in that game, the Raiders established everything. The tempo, the feel, the physicality, the toughness. The Ravens are the one team that I'm looking at them and going, oh my gosh, if any roster, coaching staff, 
bunch of physical players have the ability to look at the Chiefs and go, you know, if you want it, dude, you're like, you're coming through this right here. Like you're coming through me. We are like, I don't know if you're going to have teeth left after this game, my friend. I just, I hope you appreciate the fact that all your fingers been flexibly because after this game, everything's going to crack on your, like, like, like that kind of a game, like a Bill Romanowski kind of game, right? Like that kind of thing. Old school Raiders is what I'm talking about. Old school Steelers, that kind of thing. Um, the Ravens, to me, can do that to the Chiefs. Again, you said it. It's on paper. It is on paper. But that terrifies me. What do you think of that? I think you're right. Like, I think the Ravens are a team that has that sort of physicality, especially offensively with the way they run the football. But on the other side of things, as good as the Ravens defense has been, I want to be a little positive here now. As good as the Ravens defense has been, Mahomes has never had an issue with good defenses. It's sure. like, oh, they have a great defense. Oh, he's going to crumble. <laughs> it's like true, he like, true, very true. He's like up to the challenge. Like the better the defense, Mahomes is like, oh great, I I love this. I'm going to do a whole bunch of research. Research. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to see what they do, and I'm going to exploit it. So I, I, I guess that, that that's my thought process here. Is even with as good as the Ravens' defense is, and you know we're talking about the physicality aspect of things, Mahomes and this Chiefs team has never shied away. They've never been flummoxed by great defenses. And so that gives me a little bit of optimism as well. Um, I know you're talking about physicality and I agree with you, but I think Travis Kelsey is going to bring it too, man. Like Travis Kelsey is sometimes known as a finesse tied into an extent, right? Like George Kittle will get in there and he'll, he'll block on that stuff. But Travis Kelsey's not, not weak. Travis Kelsey, I think saves sure. it a little bit. Like we see him when he wants to get something, he will get it. When he showed his hands off, how strong they were to get that touchdown earlier on in the season, no one was knocking that ball out. I think we will see some of that. There is a little bit of, oh, everyone's talking about how great you are. Everyone's talking about the, the Ravens defense. All right, we'll show you. Bonnie Raitt, we'll give him something to talk about. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Hey, let's go over injuries. I want to talk here. By the way, let's go to a couple of quick comments. Ronald Rodrigo says, motivated Patrick equals a grim reaper, precision and decision-making. Totally right. Totally right there. Um, also, Oregon Fishing says, the Ravens are under huge pressure since they have failed so many times under Lamar. Chiefs are playing with house money. Everyone's saying they have no chance. Um, yeah. You know, it's. Uh, I think a lot of people feel that way. I don't feel that way about house money. I don't know if you do. House money uh, always loses. I, I I don't. I'm not a fan of the saying because the house money always loses, baby. Well, that's that's true. <laughs> I I don't I don't know that I ever say house money just because when you're dealing with a prime a season of Patrick in his prime, I don't think you could ever feel like oh it doesn't matter what happens. Like it's like no every year should be a full on push to the end because nothing's given in this game. Um. um can I give before you to injuries? Can I get one interesting takeaway that I think it's, it's not necessarily going to be a, a mind blowing thing I'm saying, but I do think it's important. The reason why the Chiefs have to get ahead and force Lamar Jackson to throw, I already mentioned that they are the number one rushing team in the NFL while they pass the 32nd most in the NFL, 49%. They actually run more than they pass, in, which is crazy in today's NFL. Yeah. Again, they're efficient passing the ball. They just don't do it a lot. The reason being, Lamar Jackson can be sacked for as good as he is, as shifty as he is. He's been sacked. Uh, the rate 
is 24th in the NFL, right? He can't, he will get sacked. The numbers might not show a ton of sacks because they don't throw a lot, but 24th in the NFL, he will go down. Guess where the Chiefs defense ranks in sack percentage? One. Mm. They don't have the most sacks because a lot of teams try and run against Kansas City, obviously, but they're the best at sacking the quarterback on pass plays. So I know it's easier said than done, but you have to get ahead and you have to make the Ravens throw the football. If you do, you can get to Lamar. You can bring him down and you have to have him go and start from behind the sticks. You know, if it's second and 12, second and 17, you get a sack on first down. That totally changes the complexion of that series. If you let them stay ahead of the six every single every single series, they will beat you. They will run for five yards a carry and you will never get them off the field. You have to have negative plays in this game. The Chiefs get negative plays a lot of times with sacks. They just don't with turnovers. So I'm not going to all of a sudden say the Chiefs are going to force three interceptions. That's not who this team is. But what they do do and what they do well is sack the quarterback. You have to make Lamar throw. That will be the key. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. If uh, It wouldn't surprise me to see a turnover or two uh, via fumble. I, I, I think that could happen. Um, hey, by the way, we got a, a super chat here uh, from Chris Wright. Um, eight in the box, Sneed McDuffie plaster, obviously spy number eight, and on to Arrowhead West. Love that. Love. Uh, we're going to put Chris in, in charge of the game plan. Thanks so much for the super chat, Chris. We, we so appreciate that. Um, hey, let's talk quick injuries here before we go uh, because I want, to, uh, I want to get your thoughts on Joe Tooney. That's the main one here. Uh, just to update everyone, Joe Tooney obviously left during the game with a chest injury. After the game, it was termed as a pectoral injury of some kind. Underwent an MRI on Monday and came away with the, the fact that it's a strain. It's not a tear. It's not a partial tear. It's a strain. That's the best news of kind of those three scenarios that could have been there. Um, some people are saying maybe he could play, but just kind of wondering what you expect there. Um, and then if we go without Tooney, how worried are you? Dog. He played through a broken hand as an offensive lineman. Think about it. What yeah, but that lineman use <laughs> every single play, their hands. It was broken. And he was like, that's nah, fine. He's the friendly <laughs> cyborg, dude. Like, you know, like if the Terminator was like a real thing, but if it was Joe Tooney as a Terminator, he's not trying to hurt anyone. He's just like walking down the street like, howdy, neighbors. Like, like he, I don't know if he plays, but I honestly wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility. Sure. Uh, the one thing that gives me confidence is Nick Allegretti is one of the best reserve offensive linemen in the NFL, right? Let's be real now. That's why it was such a good decision to bring him back. It's why the Chiefs and, and, and Brett Veach and why I've been trying to almost preach the depth philosophy here because the Chiefs are so good even when guys go down. It's the NFL. Injuries happen every single game, every single season to every single team. You have to have depth. So even if he is out, I still like the Chiefs' chances. But obviously, I would love to know where he's at because is 80% Joe Tooney better than Nick Allegretti? Is seventy yeah. percent is ninety like like that? That's a, a interesting storyline there, but uh, it's going to come down to him, and he's obviously a, a tough, tough dude. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm worried about it. He is their he's their best. He's the best pass blocker in the NFL, or one of. 
that's not easily replaced. Although I, I mean, I love what you're saying about Allegretti. I agree. Allegretti is a great reserve. I love his versatility and uh, his readiness to enter the game. I, uh, yeah, I, um, I, that does worry me. Um, what about some of the other injuries that took place? We lost Mike Edwards, Connor. We've already talked about him. There's a steep drop at this point at safety. I mean, you have Dion Bush, who is best at a very fringe rotational, more of a special teams ace. Um, I don't like where that's at. Uh, how worried are you at safety? I mean, yeah. I mean, I would love to know more about Brian Cook, too, to see where he's currently at. That would give me a little bit more optimism, even if he's not 100% just able to to spell or, or at least break in case of emergency. Well, a couple uh, weeks ago, Aunt Reed came out and said, we're not expecting Brian Cook back for the postseason. Yeah. So uh, that'd be very, very unlikely. Um, but again, crazier things have happened. Mark Andrews was not expected back, and yet he's now expected back for this game. Sure. So so things happen. But again, yeah, I probably wouldn't put your hopes in the Brian Cook basket. Uh, Mike Edwards is interesting. It was concussion, correct? Is that what it was officially? Um, it is interesting how concussions seemingly uh, get better in the playoffs compared to the regular season. Sure seems like that. I mean, if you saw the Bills, dude had two concussions in what, like a month and he cleared, but Wanye Morris couldn't. I don't know. Again, it's just interesting. You yeah. No one knows how concussions really work, but it just does seem come playoff time. Maybe I'm looking into things. Maybe I have my tinfoil hat on over here, but allegedly it sure looks like they come back quicker. Well, uh, when the Chiefs, when you're going to play the Chiefs, the brain has a way of healing itself. So, and again, if it's actually a serious concussion and it, there's risk, sit him. It's not – Come on. Jamari Conner played a great game. Yep. Let him play. Um, but it would be nice, at least make me feel better. Even if Jamari Conner is the starter, you can still have a nice break in case of emergency, Mike Edwards. That would make me feel more comfortable. Yeah. Um, Want to switch to linebacker here. And we're talking about spying on Lamar, potentially on, on Sunday. If you don't have Willie Gay, Willie Gay was already questionable coming into the game. Uh, in the divisional round with a neck injury. He came in and had to leave after what? He played like 11, 14 snaps, something like that. Um, they have Chanel, they have Tranquil, they have Bolton. Um, but without Willie Gay, it's not full strength. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, this is the one I'm worried about more than anything else. As far as the actual guys who I think are questionable for this game, let's just say actual questionable, Joe Tooney, uh, Willie Gay Jr., and Mike Edwards, right? If ever listen, those three as a legit questionable. Um, Willie Gay Jr. is the one that concerns me the most. I know he's not all pro. I get that. But he would be the guy you're probably having spy on Lamar. Maybe it's different. I mean, he was a spy for Josh Allen, but Josh Allen's obviously bigger as well. So maybe you wanted the bigger linebacker and Willie Gay Jr. Maybe this one you go with uh, Drew Tranquil because he's a little faster. Um, you know, he's, he's not quite as big. So maybe you have him and you, and you trust he can bring Lamar down. I don't know, but no Lamar, but no Willie Gay Jr. gives me a lot of um, a lot of concern because you're going to be rotating through all four linebackers. I would imagine a lot in this game. They're going to be put to the test with Isaiah likely, Mark Andrews most likely back, as well as the run game. There, there's going to be some physicality. You want all four there. Yeah, I agree. Uh, waiting in the wings is Jack Cochran and Cole Christensen. On the active roster, Darius Harris is on the practice squad if they need it. That's the full sort of shell. You know, that's the cupboards that we have available if there's an emergency there. Don't forget the Chiefs also lost Cam Jones at the end of the season. They put him on IR 
uh, after he looked good given new playing time in week 18. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what we're looking at in terms of injuries. Uh, by the way, if Mark Andrews comes back after a lot of games, what, how 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 effective would you expect Andrews to be first game back? Uh, man, he's going to want it. This is a team that has, again, he's been with the Ravens this whole time, right? He, he's going to want it. 40 to 50% of snaps probably, right? Like I'm not going to expect him to say 80 or something like that. I bet Isaiah likely still probably gets the lion's share, but he's also not going to play if they, if they don't think he can give something. Yeah. Um, even as a decoy, you're going to probably shade to his side just because oh, yeah. of what Mark Andrews brings to the table and how good he is with his hands. Um, yeah, I still think he'd be really good, especially in the red zone, right? He, he's a big body guy. That, that would make me nervous come red zone time. Yeah. Although I will say it might be a tell if you want to, if you want some other nuance here, if he's in the game, they're probably passing. I doubt you keep him in to block, right? Might, might be a little interesting tidbit to pick up on if, because w- with an injury and all that stuff, you don't want him blocking and, and getting it rolled up on again or anything like that. So you might get a little tell from it actually. Although you recognize it, it's all or nothing at this point. So sure, sure. maybe, maybe you go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, it's, um, you know, obviously, folks, we've come to the end of, toward the end of this episode. Um, let's bring Richard in. Uh, if you're new with us or need a refresher at the end of every Tuesday episode with me and Sterling, we bring in our bestest friend ever, Richard, for uh, what we call the must list, which is where we love to recommend. We stop talking about football for just a minute and we talk about something that we just want to recommend TV show, book movie music horse carousel jingle whatever it is i don't know um so yeah and then uh and then of course we got plenty more for you the rest of the week in terms of football and and shows we'll talk about that in just a second but uh yeah for today's must list first of all welcome richard how are you man i'm doing well uh nice to see you guys nice to see everyone listeners you as well you get a special sound effect right here that's just for you. I had What's to do that, that for the audio listeners. I'm I, a Hanna Barbera one, baby. That's my favorite. They're gonna get my favorite. They're gonna get a second one right here. Oh, yeah. You guys don't get it. Sorry, guys. Sorry, yeah, sorry. I, I don't know streamers. what it is. I don't yeah, think I'll get it. You, you should. Li- you should listen to the audio podcast. <laughs> Love it. Hey, I'm gonna go first because I always ask you guys who's going first. So I'm just stepping to the front of the line. Hey, are you guys true detective fans? Uh, I haven't kept kept up with it, but the first season's really good. Yeah, I, I loved the first season. Second season, eh. third season was actually better than I think what people will realize. And there's a brand new... Do you know what I'm talking about, Sterling? You got to look on your face like what's true and what's a detective. I don't know what that is. There's an HBO show called True Detective. First season is McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. And then the second season had like Vince Vaughn, Rachel McAdams. It's like a different... It's just different detectives solving different crimes each each season so none of them have to do with each other but this new season is set in like totally remote alaska like where it's never daytime like it's it's full nighttime 24 hours a day and it's it's already creepy as hell just with the setting the setting is like a character in this thing and then jody foster kind of leads this like there's like crazy crimes going on and you're like boy that's creepy and the setting's creepy and jody foster's great and the whole thing is bananas and uh, anyway second episode just dropped on hbo and i'm both like terrified and then mystified by this thing so mm. yeah i love it i'm i'm i was i couldn't believe it when they announced a new season and i'm all in now you actually have me swayed i might actually need to take a look see at that 
There you go. Season one is unbelievably good. Yeah. Star uh, Star. I'll let Richard go last so he can take us out. I always like when he takes us out of these shows. I know, I know that look on his face is absolutely terrifying. But uh, Richard, come on, you're you're our producer. You can do it. I believe in you. I'm going with the 2003 album Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card. I listen to the front to back because everyone knows the song Ocean Avenue, right? Like that's such a popular song. Everyone knows it, but no one really knows many other songs by Yellow Card. And so I'm like, I'm listening to the, the full album. Pretty darn good. A couple of songs I might even put up there with Ocean Avenue. I, I think the song, um, what was it? Breathing was, oh, Get You Going. Uh, Way Away, really good. Empty Apartment was really solid. I, I, it was a really good album. Like, I wouldn't put it up there with like the classics of, you know, the that early 2000s punk rock. But I think it's on the cusp of it. it I'd give like a solid 7.8 out of 10. So if you're into that kind of alt rock, early 2000s, listen to the full album Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card. It's pretty darn good. I liked Yellow Card back in the day. Yeah. By the way, they just announced a tour. Uh, thir- they're, they're opening for Third Eye Blind next summer. I know. And my fiance so and you like I that love double... Third Eye Blind. Yeah, we Me love Me too, man. Yeah, dude. You want to come to KC? Dude, I would. I would. All right. We just scheduled a date. Richard, do you like- Richard, I wish you would step out from that ledge, my friend, and join us at a Third Eye Blind Yellow Card show. You want to go? Sure. It's the only song I know, but it's a good song. Only song, dude. Semi Charmed, right? Is that it? Yeah. It's a depressing song, isn't it? Isn't oh, it about, uh, dude, this guy. Yeah. This yeah. guy. Who's this I'm guy? I'm uncultured. I'm uncultured. I know nothing about it. Okay, anything. tell us something that no one knows about and take us out of here, Richard. All right, guys. I, I've got a weird muscle list for today. Uh, I'm going to recommend. I'm going to recommend going to court. The Court of the Crimson King. Uh, I'm trying to pick something that is popular for once. Uh, yeah. Like Sterling's like, oh, prog rock, prog rock. 1969, studio debut of uh, the prog rock band from England, uh, King Crimson. It's 40 minutes long. It's five tracks. I guess five tracks. There's like tracks combined with tracks. It's amazing. It's a journey through space and time, yada, yada, yada. It's a classic, guys. I don't have to say anything else, right? I think He pulls I think out a yada, yada, yada. It's a yada, it. yada, yada for me. But that has been the Arrowhead Addict uh, podcast, the Tuesday show, the best show. Uh, don't let Adam hear me say that. Don't let Patrick hear me say that. Uh, that has been Matt Connor, uh, Matt the man, Matt Connor AA on Twitter or X, sorry, Elon. That's been Sterling Holmes, Homestretch KC on X. Uh, don't follow me. That's not important. Make sure you like this uh, stream, if you haven't already done so, make sure you use that DraftKings code if you want to make some bets before the uh, conference championship. Arrowhead gets you uh, $200 bonus bets with a $5 bet. Uh, if you're listening to this uh, on, on the podcast, make sure you give us five stars. Insert Hanna-Barbera sound effect right there. And uh, yeah, just 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 <laughs> tune in again tomorrow, 4.30 Central. We'll be here, uh, Adam and Sterling. Uh, we love you. We love having you. It's been a great time. I don't know when to end this, but here we go. I'm going to say the keyword. Oh, I got to get ready. I have to hit the button. This is hard for me to do. Go Chiefs.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.